This is Craig. I play for DU football. I know both Sams personally. I don't even listen to this fucking show. This is the DU football show. First place in the doo doo oh, second he's division. Killing everybody. Yeah, first yes, first is. fucking place. I doesn't play for DU anymore because well nobody plays for DU anymore. We are kind of a defunct <laughs> squad. Yeah, it's uh, it's done. I if think. If you read the papers, they'd say Everton's about to be one too. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Fucking United! Fucking United! Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League. Still by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the internet from me, because somebody got the vid again. My co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. How you doing, good sir? Uh, very well, thank you. How you doing? I'm doing all right. And of course, as always, on uh, ones and twos, producer Mel, how are we doing today? I'm excellent. Halloween is almost over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then my wife's going to have to uh, come up with excuses why she's high 24-7, because uh, it won't be the fucking tours, which is normally what it is. Now yeah, that'll go back to being fucking Christmas, fucking weddings, my fucking family, you Fucking husband. <laughs> We're going to the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out wherever you get your podcast, And, of course, streaming live every single Monday night. Should you want to chat with us, there are as many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. It is at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Very good. And, you know, even when... One of us has the vid, and another one goes on a week-long fucking bender and needs to take it easy on his heart. Sam and myself both still work in the wine and spirit industry and have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits, so as the red-blooded Americans we are, without having a drink in our hand throughout this show, and every single show, even when it's against our better judgment. Mr. Graham, we're each separate places, so what are you drinking first, and then I'll tell everybody what we are drinking. So what I have is an Elijah Craig single barrel from one of my stores that I call on Gourmet Wine and Spirits up in Eldersburg. This one is not uh, barrel strength. It's still 94 proof. Um, it does have a little bit of nuance uh, from the standard offering from Elijah Craig mm-hmm. um, because it is still a single barrel, but it was proof down, um, not a foolproof barrel. Very good. But it is fucking delicious just the same. Uh, what's that normally run on the shelf for uh, the proof down version? Uh, for the single barrel, pr- uh, private barrel proof down is, um, I want to say, around 60. Very good, very good. I am uh, actually, as said in the song, I'm drinking rye. Whistlepig, 12-year-old. This is for Ace Beverage, which is in Washington, D.C. This is one of their single barrels, and it's actually a 100% cognac finish, and it is, oh, in fact, an, an old dusty, as there is lots of dust on the bottle. This is from... Is, like, that, a, is that a specific whiskey qual- uh, classification, an old dusty? 
Um, bottles that have been around for a while. It's a nickname for it. So people will be like, like, yeah, I got old Dusties. He's double downing on that one. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking saying. All right. You know, you're, I'm you going to start referring to my husband as I've got an old Dusty. Well, you know <laughs> what, Mrs. Houston? If only your husband worked in a, I, you know, I should just start going, you know, honey, I don't think your history facts are right because <laughs> I just thought that that sounded funny and I decided to insert my own fucking opinion. Half the time I do it. <laughs> if it's funny, I'll commit to it. Uh, uh, it's lovely. It's their 12 year old rye. It's really got that nice, lovely um, dryness of the cognac. You can really get the, the, the sweetness of the grape up front, but it doesn't. It, it's not like a sherry barrel where it's mm-hmm. kind of thick. It's just, it's, it's fucking I forgot delightful. how much I love this one. Mm. Yep. I wish I was there. Well, there's a little bit left in this bottle, Mr. Graham, so you can have some uh, the next time you're uh, in studio, sir. And awesome. We'll, Thank you very much. And what else do we always need to do? Always remember to drink responsibly. Excellent. Let's cheers. Graham's cheers and over the internet. Very good. All right. We start with the top of the table, which is all North London, as both get signature wins in very different ways. Tottenham 2, Palace 1, Arsenal 5, Sheffield 0. You know, historically, over the last few seasons for uh, Spurs, this is exactly the game they fuck off. This is exactly the game they fuck off. And we've been kind of watching them, and it's like they've now been sitting in first for, what, four straight weeks? You know, something like that. I think they've had the um, previous total that they've been at the top of the table in the Premier League in their history mm-hmm. and since the Premier League has begun uh, in '92. They are already at half of the number of days that they spent in total over their the history of the Premier League at the top of the table. You know, it's it it, it really does seem like what Big Ange is doing is working, man. It's is it finally they got the right coach because they've always had world class coaches go coach there, and it just never seems to work. Yeah, because they're always well one or two players away from being world beaters. Mm-hmm. But you know, Daniel Levy, after supporting the, each manager with a player, would not buy that second player that they needed to make everything click and make it work. Um, but now it seems that you know. Ange Postacoglu in, in most of the jobs he's had so far has had to develop a squad. They obviously had a decent academy. They did pick up one or two younger players as well. So they've lowered the, the average age of the squad. And it seems like he's the type of manager that's good at putting his arm around somebody and just getting almost like an Ancelotti type where you just you feel so a part of it. And the, the chemistry in the team is so good, not necessarily the tactics, but the, the chemistry and the feeling surrounding the squad is so good that the team just plays exceptionally well. Yeah, and uh, and it's also it's very easy to say, uh, hands down. There's been some very good impact signings, but right now, if we were going to write our top five list, number one with a bullet has been Madison going to Spurs, without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he completely changes. Well, their I mean, dynamic. you could you could argue you could argue a case for James Ward Prowse. I think both of them have the same number of goal involvements this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're exactly right. I mean, if the two of them aren't hitting, then West Ham and Spurs don't do anything. Right. Oh, and they need those two players specifically to be on on point. 
amazing resurgence from uh, from Son, and I know the children are excited and dancing in the streets over it because he is an inspiration to all the children, as we know. The is this because Kane is no longer there and he's the main choice, or or do you think that it's coaching and and it's Ange getting him kind of back out of his head? Because let's face it, last year was a disaster for him. Yeah, I think a lot of that, though, had to do with the managers uh, and the way that they wanted to play, not necessarily Son himself, to be honest. Um, most of these players, like I said, Tottenham didn't sign a ton of players this summer. Most of these players have been there and were signed by other managers. Yeah. But the relationship in the dressing room, the the way that the managers behave you know, to the media, we saw Conte blow up a few times, we saw Mourinho blow up a few times when you have this this toxicity surrounding the dressing room like that and managers that you don't know where you stand with and all that kind of stuff i mean how how can you play well right right i uh, and that as you were talking about there wasn't a ton of signings this summer for them i'm, I'm obviously a keeper and brennan johnson and madison and uh the the few uh defenders but it does feel like now this bench has options and and he can change the format of the team. He can change philosophy in a game or prior to a game. It feels, it just feels deeper for once, their, their bench. It finally feels deeper for once. Is that something Mel told you yeah, earlier ex- today? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly, I do, you know. <laughs> but yes, no, you're absolutely right. But he, the, the resurgence of a lot of those players, like he's the Suma was, you know, signed by Conte and supposed to be an integral part of the midfield, featured five times last season. Right. Or, or something ridiculous. Like, it, it's those signings that are supposed to contribute right away, that are supposed to make a difference, bring balance to the midfield and everything else, it just weren't because of the system. Or they fell out with the manager because of the way they trained or what have you. Now you've got somebody in, like I said, that's just a catalyst for squad harmony. Right. And you see these players that Tottenham previously bought – that had done fuck all are now integral parts, linchpins in that team. Uh, so here's the the question that I know like the you're... reason Madison is able to do what he does is because he's Basuma's playing so well. Yeah, Basuma and Sara behind him I'll allow him to be able to run buckshot and go be creative. Exactly, and whether or not it was like Sar not, I, I don't think Sar was there last year. I can't remember who was. I Sar think it was like Oliver, Oliver Skip, maybe. Used well, he ended up yeah. using Hoiberg a lot. Was uh, who contacted? Well, Hoiberg was in there for Basuma, yeah. but that that swing player, I think, um, was like Oliver Skip last season. Yeah, which Skip got he's fine, yeah, but he's he's not very good, and um, the creative presence and the you know the number ten and the main striker were both Harry Kane. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it really was. He he would come back to get the ball a lot. Now, right. here's here's the question that I know you want to answer, and I'm going to throw up this softball to you. When does it all fall, fall apart, Sam? Uh, usually around March. Okay, well, they do have Chelsea coming up next, who are off a uh, heartbreaking loss that we'll get to. But outside of that loss, they seem to be doing okay. So this might prove to be a nice little challenge for uh, Tottenham. Well, here's the thing. Same with, with Chelsea uh, that I'm about to say about Tottenham or uh, flip that sentence, and it means the same thing. Um, because So Tottenham will drop points at some point this season. They will 
you know, go on a little bit of a run because they are so young. I mean, their back line is very young. They will find that difficult uh, at some point, to, and they'll go through that stretch of games where they drop six, eight points. That same thing that Arsenal did last season. The way Chelsea seem to have started this season because they're so young, just these inconsistencies because those last, what, two, three games out, we talked about Chelsea turning a corner, and then all of a sudden you run into this Brentford team. Right. Yeah. And, I mean – I never felt like Chelsea were going to score. No, I don't know no. about you. They yeah. had a lot of possession, but I don't think they were doing anything with it. Yeah. So we're like I said, we're going to talk about that. I know. So, but with uh, Palace, they're starting to just kind of gradually slide down the table, and it hasn't been very impressive this past few weeks, including that ass whooping they took to Newcastle. Do we need to start being concerned about Palace, Sam? No, because as soon as Eze comes back uh, from injury again, uh, which this one isn't as serious as the ACL uh, last season, obviously, but they don't have their talisman. You know, this this would be like Spurs losing out on James Madison for six weeks. Right. Fair enough. Um, Eze makes everything happen, and without him, they can't seem to score goals because as much as we all love Casper, the friendly midfielder, Will Hughes is not a fucking number 10. No, no, he is not. That is for damn sure. Um, Gunners completely destroy the Blades on the back of three in a row in the match by uh, Eddie Nketiah. So, Grammy, take it away. This is your your side. You, you've been needing one of these wins, and boy, did you get it. Yeah, we needed a bad. Um, it bad. It, it was a good start from Arsenal. Uh, we were in control. We never really gave the ball away, but it was kind of lethargic again. It was almost pointless possession for the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, and it, it really took, you know, all of 20 minutes or so to start turning the screw and turning the pressure up. But once we did, I mean, Sheffield United barely got out of their own half, honestly. Yeah. Um, and Nketiah with, with two fant- – uh, actually, all three goals were fantastic. Uh, but the first one especially, the, the touch to just cushion it beyond the defender and set himself up perfectly for two steps, bang into the bottom corner. I mean, just what composure. Yeah. And here's I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one negative at you simply because we talked about it a little bit last week and I think it needs to be brought up again. Ramsdale's not on the side for the Champions League. Ramsdale is not on the side for uh, today's match. I think it's very obvious that Arteta is going to stick with Ryan no matter what. Um, yes, I probably tend to agree with you, but the reason he was not in the squad last weekend and for the Champions League. Was because of the was because of the newborn baby. Why he was not in this squad, I haven't seen anything. He was on he was on the bench. He was the backup. No, he was included in the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we're fine. Squad harmony. Everything's good. Okay, it's uh, you know, I'm not worried about it. He he. Stop projecting your own insecurities on my goalkeeper, please. Just saying, Ryan makes another mistake. It's gonna people are gonna start asking questions. People have been asking questions. Yeah. When Ryan, we chant Ramsdale's name when Ryan's in goal. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the, the Blades are a fucking mess, man. They're an They're absolute terrible. fucking mess. I'm surprised uh, we're not talking about Paul Heckenbottom's job right now. I, I, while writing the notes, I went on the news just to see if he had gotten fired. I do this every single Monday to see if he has been fired. Yep. He is not. There's not even like rumor of it like 
there's more rumors about it's Everton crazy. getting a points deduction than there is fucking Heckenbottom <laughs> getting fired. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. It is just absolute insanity, man. I, it's yeah, and uh, you know the only reason, in my opinion, he should lose his job is because you can't fire all the players, right? So you because need somebody. They're bad man. Yeah, you, you just need somebody to shake it up to do something like. It just it's it's really fucking terrible, dude. But it's also not really a surprise. I mean, they they didn't sign many people either coming up from the championship, and a lot of these players I recognize from their last Premier League campaign. You know, Ali McBurney, mm -hmm. a few of them, their captain at the back, I forget his name. Um, but there's there's a, a fair few people that are still there from that terribly disappointing squad. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we plucked off their best player in Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, it's it's really, really bad when your crosstown rivals, they finally got a win this weekend and you still don't fucking have one. Exactly. <laughs> it was, uh, I was secretly hoping Wednesday would, would lose another match so I could say today that both teams in Sheffield have yet to win a fucking game this season. Now... For you guys, exactly the kind of win you needed. Having Enketia score that hat trick, it just lets you know you've got security behind Gabriel Jesus, who, as talented of a player he is, he's injury prone. It's just going to fucking happen. And it yep. feels like Enketia's not looking for more. He's happy in the role he's doing. He's performing when he's on the pitch. I think he's... A lot of times, because he, when he was a younger player, it was like, oh, he wants to go someplace and get an opportunity. And it feels like... He's getting a pretty good fucking opportunity here. Yeah, he finally is. Uh, well, it, it's not even – it's a lot, what, like you say, because of Jesus' injuries, that he's um, had a, a sustained run of the team that's uh, that's not, you know, 10-minute cameos. Right, precisely. But he's grabbing his chance. I mean, you know, he had three Premier League goals coming into this game and doubled his total in one match. I mean, it was, and every goal was fantastic. None of them were gimmies. Oh, they were – especially that third one was up. Fucking peach. Beauty. What and the second hit. one, how often have you seen me, Rob, anyone we know, Lionel Messi, fucking everyone from Sunday League to the fucking greatest player that's ever played the game, sky that second uh, from the corner, that bouncing oh, yeah. ball. How many times have we seen people kick it out of the fucking stadium? Oh, God, yeah, all the time. You know, to keep that under the bar like that with the pace and power he put behind it is, is fantastic. Yeah. It was a well-deserved hat trick and a well-deserved win. And the other thing I'd like to say before we end this part, because I know we don't need to talk about a 5-0 win that much, is the, again, I said this a lot today, and maybe a show title, Squad Harmony. Odegaard sits out, probably just to rest him. Uh, Saka's named captain. Because of Eddie's hat trick, when he gets subbed out, he hands Eddie the captain's armband. Congratulations. Another academy graduate captaining the side for a little bit. And then, because Saka's off the field, uh, I think it was Eddie supposed to take the penalty, passed on it, and gave it to Fabio Vieira, who hasn't scored yet in the league this season, and, and uh, just, hey, you have one. Yeah. Have a go. You get yourself going just like they did to Kai Havertz. I yeah. mean, that's just the the love and the the sharing and the all that stuff surrounding the squad. It's just good to see. It's just what great attitudes, you know, after coming back from that toxicity that we were a few years ago. Well, now, now you wonder, is all this going to pay off? Does this equal a title? Yeah.
Now we turn our attention to the Manchester Derby. But let's be honest, only one club showed up. Manchester City 3, Manchester United 0. Um, Sam, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. City had a very professional win. Holland scored a brace. Now we're just going to talk shit about Man United. Pretty much. I was saying <laughs> there were, before a couple of little scares here there, City was super comfortable. Yeah. It was just an easy day at the office. Well, and like that header for Holland, it was the easiest fucking goal. Like, how do you not mark the most ruthless scorer in the league, arguably in all of Europe, quite possibly in the world? How does that man get that fucking wide open? I'll tell you how. Harry fucking Maguire. Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans. Well, it was Harry Maguire and Lindelof this time, but still, not much better. No, Lindelof played left back. Oh, that's right. He did. Jesus. It's great to have, you know, 2006's Leicester starting back line, but... United... What do you think you're honestly going to do against the best team in the world? It just... United... It's absurd, man. Legitimately showed nothing. They had four yellow cards. There was no impetus. Two of those yellow cards were in the 93rd and the 96th minute when the game was done and dusted. So, like... They weren't even going in hard on tackles. They weren't even like, nope. You're in your fucking building, man. You're 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 at Old Fucking Trafford, man. That is supposed to be the most intimidating building in the world for fucking soccer, and it was a whimper, a fucking whimper out of fucking United, man. Yeah. And so I only wrote five sentences about this game in my notes. Period. But the the one that sticks. It says, what I'd worry about for real in this performance is the lack of movement, desire, and invention for Manchester United. Isn't that they kind just of didn't the, give a fuck. And that's like all the things you need to do to win a soccer match. <laughs> oh, yeah. All three. Didn't I mean, do any of them. They might as well just, you know what? If you can't fulfill a fixture, it's a 3 no win. If you forfeit a game, it's a 3 no win. They should have done that. Yeah. It was. It, it just was, saved everybody the time. I don't know if it was the ghost of Bobby Charlton hanging over. You know, obviously a lot of the events surrounding the start of the game were honoring him being their first home game since uh, finding out the news. But like, I, you just can't let that affect you. The, I don't, the crowd wasn't even loud. No, like, it, was it was just pitiful, man. You would have thought they were playing at the it Etihad like in like City. You would have thought they were playing at City. You know, with the fucking corporate people that don't cheer. Like, how quiet, yeah. <laughs> it just, it's, I gotta wonder how much longer does uh, Ten Hog have, Sam? I promise, I don't think they can get anybody. Right, what do you do to fix it? Well, and then here's the, hold on, here's the other caveat. I don't know if, they, if the Glazers can fix it at the moment because they're trying to sell that 25% of the club to Sir Jim Ratcliffe. Right. And if they do that, though, along with that 25%, is going to take the uh, the footballing decision-making stuff. Oh, okay. And the Glazers are going to focus solely on the commercial, is the, is the rumors I've heard. Mm-hmm. So are the Glazers really going to pull the rug out from under them and fire Ted Hogg? It's true. Yeah, I don't think manager, they would. And then now you're stuck with that guy? Yeah, I don't think they will. Or is his, is his position safe until that 25% is in Ratcliffe's hands? If Ratcliffe goes, okay, fuck off, I'll find my own guy. Right. Well, but uh, it's know. also, though, I mean, they got rid of they got rid of the, quote, bad eggs. They brought in pieces for him, pieces that he wanted. And it's not working. It's not working at all. Like, it just, it's, 
it's mind boggling to me because here's what's going to keep going on is like they're going to lose games like this and then they'll beat, you know, they'll go and they'll beat fucking Sheffield two to one in a really ugly match or they'll beat uh, Burnley one nothing or they'll beat Everton two to one. And you're just like, it'll be these they'll beat all the teams they're supposed to beat, but they aren't going to beat any of the good ones and they're not going right. to be able to do like it's just they, they, I mean, this team, it's just it's it's fucking laughable. And it's even to the point now we're not even hearing shit from the uh, from all the Manx uh, supporters in the uh, DU closed group, even like everybody's just exactly not even right they're, not, too, yep. they're not even being angry about the performances. That's what's so insane. Right. They're well, not he, even he, being so angry. I saw something earlier, and, and this is really Manchester United to a T, right? Uh, with all the hype and everything surrounding Jaden Sancho uh, at Dortmund, and then what happened with uh, missing the penalty in the Euros and the backlash you got and everything else, you see him as more of a marketable, you know, he's an attacking player, he's got some flair. Um, you know, Holland, for instance, because remember, they all played together. Bellingham, Holland, and uh, Jaden Sancho all played together at Dortmund. Mm -hmm. And I, the meme I saw today, which is absolutely true, said Manchester United scouted these three players and chose Jaden Sancho out of the bunch. <laughs> I like that. Very good. But this is what's happening, right? Holland is boring. He's not a flash player. He's a right. bit of a brute, kind of old school number nine uh, mm -hmm. in a certain extent. He eats liver and onions like exclusively, essentially. And he doesn't, he's not like super, super sexy like Ronaldo. Like, and there's not a ton of charisma there. He's like a robot. Right. So he's not very marketable. So it's not really a surprise that they passed on him. Jude Bellingham, nobody, everybody knew he was going to be great, but nobody mm -hmm. knew, I think, that he was going to go on to do what he's doing at Real Madrid right now. Right. So I don't necessarily fault Manchester United for passing on him at that, you know, at that. Uh, respect, but um, to pick Jaden Sancho over Holland when you had the same amount of money, that why would Holland not say yes to Manchester United? I mean, they're just the same story of a club, right? As City, you know, if not more so than City. And if he's planning on being a journeyman like he said he was, like, why wouldn't you make that pitch? Mm -hmm. You spent yeah. seventy fucking million on Jaden Sancho, and that's just is what it is. Over these last four or five managers, they've wasted big money on players that haven't panned out. Yeah. And some of them have even been actively trying to harm the fucking club. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Mr. Graham, this does uh, not need a response or an answer because I just think it needs to be said. Has Manchester United become the best of the rest? Rounding out the rest. Oh, by the way, that was a dig. Rounding out the rest of the league. And oh, so that happened. Uh, Brentford <laughs> 2, Chelsea 0. Uh, Bournemouth 2, Burnley 1. Wolverhampton 2, Newcastle 2. Everton 1, West Ham 0. Aston Villa 3, Luton 1. Brighton 1, Fulham 1. Liverpool 3, Nottingham Forest 0. What a giant stumble for Chelsea. And like you had said in, in the first segment, they just didn't even like look like they had a chance at scoring in this match. No, it was it really was kind of possession with no purpose. Um, they they had a ton of shots, but they were nowhere near the target. Right, or they were blocked down so easily, and Brentford retained possession. You know, following those chances, it it just was not dynamic. It wasn't dangerous. It wasn't 
anything that would inspire you to say that Chelsea's fully back yet? This this was exactly the same match that Brentford had against United, but United found a way to win at the death. This one, Brentford found a way to get that second goal at the death, which honestly, how fitting was that goal? The way it happened, you know, Sanchez pulled out for the uh, for the corner kick and Mope just running away with it. And Sanchez finally catching up to him only to just watch it be tapped into the back of the net by uh, Mbappe. Not Mbappe. Well, um, the other Mbuemo, sorry. Mbappe. Yeah, Mbuemo, Sorry. Mbappe playing for Brentford. Imagine. I know exactly. <laughs> the only the only reason that makes sense is because it's close to the airport and he can fuck off whenever he wants. <laughs> um, the the manner in which the second goal was conceded. I'm not upset at Chelsea that Brentford scored it. What I'm upset about is Robert Sanchez was the only player chasing back. Yeah. The only one. He the rest the of them just watched only him player go. That gave a shit. I think it was Connor Gallagher that would would have been at the top of the screen. So uh, Brentford's left hand side. I'm sorry, Brentford's right. Uh, no, Brentford's left hand side. Chelsea's right hand side. Uh, I think that he took two or three steps into a run and then just fell to his knees. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what, what are you doing? At least show that you care. <clears throat> It's all the hard work that they've done, getting wins, seemingly starting to come pull themselves out of the gutter and get it together. And it just fucking 10 steps backwards, man. Like, just, ugh. Like, they, they, they've got, you know, they're going to Spurs coming up this weekend, and that should have been like the, hey, here's the game that says we're part of the top six. We're still one of the big six clubs. Pay attention to us. Right. And now, I mean, unless they catch Tottenham off guard early, which they haven't proven to be able to do at all to anyone so far in this league, Tottenham's going to get them. Tottenham's going to play another simple, boring match and just beat them 2 nothing or beat them 2-1, you know, and, and nice and easy. But you do, you do have the history that Spurs never win at Chelsea. No, no, this is at, this is at Tottenham. This one. Oh, it's at Tottenham. Yeah, it's at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, Tottenham win. Yeah, yeah. It just it's. Yeah. There's your there's your uh, weekly sneak peek at uh, injury time. How does one find injury time if they want to, Mister Graham? It's very simple, actually. www.patreon.com forward slash the football show. Just sign up to that one five dollar tier, and you can hear our prediction show. that we call injury time. So uh, once more, let's just rewind and play back that uh, preview. <laughs> Tottenham's going to win. Very good. Um, Cherries, finally, <laughs> finally get a win. And I'll tell you what, um, I switched over to this match in the second half because, honestly, your game was done and dusted. And the first half from watching the highlights was fairly even back and forth. The second half was all Bournemouth. And you just knew. You knew it was coming. You knew they were going to score. And... Billing the manner catch- in which it came, you didn't think. Oh, yeah. Billing, Billing smart enough to catch Trafford off guard, put it right over top of him, nice and simple. That, and I think I mean, that thing he, was going so in if Trafford got a hand on it or not. Right. Yeah, I think it was also. I don't think one of the announcers suggested that it may have been going wide, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think it would have caught it, at least caught the post, but probably just hit the side netting would have been okay. Right. Um, but just the manner that Burnley lost this, it, it, they just are so often here, it seems, 
the architects of their own demise. A little bit of sloppy play here or there, a little bit of, you know, a chip on their shoulder and pushing too hard or just some stupid, very stupid individual mistake. And it just I, – I just don't know where they're going to get it from, man. Yeah. They, they need to strengthen in January or just be prepared to go back down, collect the parachute payments in addition to the television money from this season, try to get promoted again and then actually spend some money on some Premier League quality players that aren't 37 years old like Jay Rodriguez. Yeah, well, and speaking of Jay Rodriguez, has a goal called back for uh, offsides. The call on the field was offsides, and then uh, VAR took a look at this. For five fucking minutes, they took a look at this. Actually also overturned it and gave the goal. Mm -hmm. And then said, no, it's not a goal. No, we fucked up. They, for those of you who don't know, they they actually, because they show the lines being drawn on the screen as it's going on because they want clarity and transparency and all that kind of shit. They Sometimes put a green, they, they put they put a green line up that said goal. They put up a green line that said goal and then they stopped and they put up a red line and said, no, it's not a goal. Again, it <laughs> took them five minutes to do this. Sam, if only there was technology that would take a pitcher of the entire setup when the ball leaves the passer's foot and then if you could only do 3d imaging oh wait the world cup fucking does that oh wait the rest of europe does that oh wait even fucking america does that like why is england the one the one bastion who's like we're not gonna fucking change it no we're gonna let we're gonna let a fucking human being look at it and try to to draw a line like there's actual well, technology, because, Sam, I'll like I'll goal line why. technology, that fucking, other than the one-time goal line technology didn't work, it has worked every fucking time. Like, use the fucking systems that other people have used. I'll tell you why. Because didn't, um, especially the system that was used in the World Cup, wasn't that developed by a Qatari software firm? I think it was. Well, Sam, listen, we have morals here in the Premier League where uh-huh. we're not going to pay these regimes to do anything, but we'll happily take their money. Yeah, yeah, to to uh, to run clubs. Yes, of course. We'll only do business with these people if it benefits us. It's But if it benefits them, if we're paying them for a product besides petrol, we can't be bothered with it because we're taking the moral high ground. I mean, that's an absolute nightmare. That's an absolute nightmare how that was handled. And the worst part is, again, there is a way to do it that works that everyone else in Europe is fucking using. Like, every other fucking major league is using it. The fucking MLS is using it. Right. I, ultimately, I do think it was offside. I, for me, it was what too close. What for- I will say, though, is I think they drew the line incorrectly first. Mm-hmm which is why it showed green because I did notice a little dotted line move further up on the shoulder where he was leaning forward mm-hmm. and it was all sides. But what I, the other side to that, if it's that fucking close and takes that fucking long. Is it a clear and obvious error? You are reading my mind, sir. That's exactly what I was going to so say. The referee me, gave all sides. So stick with the fucking off sides. That's, that's no problem. Let's move along. That's what it should have been. And that should have been rectified very quickly. You should be able to look at but it. But also go, the lack of compassion from the referees because Jay Rodriguez is so fucking old. Did he really gain an advantage from that? Just let the goal stay. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he got to the ball using a walker for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, for me, for me, that's what I was going to say. It was too, it was too close to be able to tell. I couldn't tell if he was on or off. There was neither. I I think there's an, a justification for both. And like you said, the call on the field was offsides. And then I'm not sure if you noticed that on Sunday, every single game refs just decided we're going to wait 10 seconds after every fucking play before we call anything because we can't let there be a mistake, which has then got players wondering what the fuck's going on. Uh, I particularly, I saw that in, in the Villa Luton match. And I certainly saw that in uh, Everton West Ham. You're running the risk of people getting hurt. And then, and then, then all of the Liverpudians will, will cry over Van Dyke getting hurt again. It'll be, you know, it, it just, make your decisions let var take a look at it like just make your fucking call referee you're you're at the end of the right, day you are the, live the problem is that they need to figure out how to either be comfortable with stepping on each other's toes or what you're supposed to do is just stick to the fucking facts and say hey i think you should look at this yeah <laughs> yeah it's not that hard and then and let the referee go re-referee the decision and this and this one in particular, this particular game, that could decide who goes up and goes down. It really yeah, can. Right ultimately, I still think they'll both go down, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. it just, it's it's terrible. Now, really gutsy comeback there for uh, for Wolves. Um, a little disappointed in Newcastle. That felt like if you're going to be trying to make that step to be Champions League again, this is a game you hold on to. But I also kind of wonder too, Sam, and I'll turn it over to you. Uh, was that a handball even? I don't think it should have been given, to be honest. I misread my notes, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With, uh, uh, you know, the power of radio, you're not knowing that I fucked up. Oh. This is for all the live folks. Yeah, well, now you're, well, we're anyway, talking. <laughs> uh, that, the, first, the first half had everything, man. It had uh, over 10 corners, three goals, VAR fuck-ups, um, Colin Wilson with a brace, uh, a goal for Wolves, obviously, from Cunha, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't think the penalty should have been given, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. It, but uh, you know what? The Korean guy at it again, puts another one in for the uh, for the draw. You know, I got to say with Wolves, I'm starting to change my opinion on them. I thought it was all going to fall apart really horrifically for them. Yeah. They get gutsy results, man. They stay in Gary every O'Neal game. Gary O'Neill has figured out how to get a tune out of that team. You know, and if now, you Now, th- that being said, that could now could be a problem because their best player has been Pedro Neto. And yeah. they could be without him for almost six weeks. Yeah, that could, it's, that's one we were talking about quite a bit in um, uh, while you were away, Sam, is that it's – Undeniable Neto is what he's the straw that stirs that drink. There's no doubt about it for their team that he he is that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm gutted for him. I mean, what a way to to pull up. You know, you never want to see that. You want it to be a contact injury. Yeah, yeah. You, you never want to see somebody just be running free flow and then all of a sudden can't. Yeah, uh, that's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, Everton West Ham. Let All me right. allow I me got to your just bottle right here, baby. I'm not going to need that, darling. I uh, I, I have one. Oh, no, wait. Oh shit! You did. My bad. Yeah, yeah My we bad. We, we did. Uh, what an absolute shit match. First and foremost, um, 
it was exactly what you would expect between the uh, tactical geniuses that are Sean Dyche and David Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the immovable just, object so does not walk at the other immovable <laughs> object. <laughs> and, they, and they both stand back and go, no, 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 no. You, you play the ball. No, you, no, you play the ball. No, you play the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was. So what I, what I wrote about this, the first thing I said was that some of the grit and determination that we knew Everton are famous for is finally starting to show again and then i thought about it after i wrote that and i went the guy that instilled that in them is standing on the other touchline <laughs> west ham yeah and they got the new version of him uh from burnley uh in the middle of last season <laughs> um branthwaite is a fucking gem as a center back he had yeah a he's, he's brilliant match and it's uh, it's good. I mean, it, it again though as a as a supporter, it frustrates you that the first couple of matches of the season, it was Michael Keane out there, and it shouldn't have been. It should have been Branthwaite all along. But Dice is going to be patient with things, and one of the things that he's been very patient with was uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin's return. He was like, "I'm not rushing him. We're going to take our time." And man, oh man, has it paid off? I mean, he looks. He looks phenomenal out there right now. He's doing all the hard oh, yeah. work. I mean, think about that. The goal he scored, he had both center backs on him. He shook them both free and slotted away a peach of a goal. Well, it, it was it was the same thing as Eddie, just like the mirror image, right? Mm -hmm. So Eddie opened his body, took that touch with the inside of his foot across himself got in front of the defender and slotted at home with his first touch. Yeah. DCL's back was to goal inside of the same foot behind his other leg, dropped his shoulder to one side and then spun to where the ball was. Yeah. Yeah. It was took both defenders out of the game, created that little half yard and he shot it brilliantly uh, composed into that far corner. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, for, you know, and I reserve the right to change my mind next week because we are Everton and we're not allowed to have nice things. But it feels like this, other than that Luton match, since we beat Brentford, team's starting to figure it out. Like, because even that loss against Liverpool, we we looked pretty fucking good for a ten man side playing at Anfield. We looked really fucking good, and they weren't you getting really good without Ashley Young in the team. <laughs> exactly, and they weren't getting opportunities until they got the penalty, and so. It feels like Everton's finally becoming that team where we go, okay, this is what a Dice team does. This team's going to be comfortably 12th or 13th. Like, it feels like that's where we're finally getting with Everton. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I, I don't know that there'll be enough goals for 12th or 13th, but I think you'll be a very comfortable 15th. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think those three relegation sides are bad enough that we will have a pretty clear picture of them by mid-February. I don't I don't tend to disagree with you there. Uh, the other um, thing, uh, just to talk a little bit about West Ham, um, um, uh, Kudos finally gets the uh, start. You have to wonder, are they going to lose Paqueta in, the, in January? Because remember, he was pretty much out the door, we thought, and they ended up holding him on to him right at the death on uh, transfer deadline. Do we think he wants to stay? Do you think his head's already turned? I mean, and and what is this team without him? Uh, so nobody's reporting it. 
something I came up with by myself. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a very real possibility. Calvin Phillips is going to want to play football before the Euros because he seems to be unreplaceable in the England squad. But with only having, what, 78 minutes or so far this season, is that really going to be the best form? Is he going to be up to snuff? Mm -hmm. I think he's going to want to play. City were the team trying to come after Paqueta. In January, I could see a swap loan deal. Okay. Both clubs having an option to buy at the end of the season. Okay. And do a six-month loan, Paqueta going to City, and a six-month loan, Calvin Phillips going to West Ham. Okay. Yeah. Because Calvin Phillips is going to want to play. Yeah, makes sense for both sides. Oh, and and Phillips isn't going to play. It's Rodri. Rodri's the, the holding midfielder for oh. that team, and there's no way that Calvin Phillips is ever going to get in that team. No, I mean, he's he's, like I said, he's played what 78, 90 minutes all season total, non consecutively. He's made three appearances. Yeah. So it's just not good for him, man. He needs to, like I said, he's not replaceable in the England squad. I think Garrett's going to pick him no matter what. Mm -hmm. But is he going to want to go into the Euros with having played fucking two games of football all season? Yeah, that's true. Very true. That's not going to bode well. Well, at, at the same token, Declan Rice is playing, you know, 75, 80, 90 minutes every game. Yeah, absolutely the case. Now, uh, moving on, Villa made really quick work of the Hatters. I mean, you know, the, the Hatters get that own, own goal at the end. I mean, we'll get the goal at the end, but it was ultimately, it was never in doubt. It was It was Villa all day. Yes, uh, it was a very easy stroll. Um, so in my COVID stupor, uh, medicine-induced, I actually took two naps today. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, I woke up from the second nap very groggy, but with some of the spooky shit on the Travel Channel was still on television, right? Mm-hmm. What I found out today, fun fact, is, uh, and I'm not sure this is still happening, but you know, a lot of times in England, processes take a long time to change and things the working conditions for the you know the working class don't get much better that kind of stuff Mm. apparently the term a mad hatter is because those old english top hats were sealed with some sort of chemical mercury mercury exactly fucking right mel well done it's like you do ghost tours or something (laughs) (laughs) and luton being the hatters this absolute fucking poison of terrible football. I wonder if they're still using mercury and making the hats. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out here too. I there, but I finally fucking did it. Yeah, that it was. was a long road to get there. <laughs> um, Diaby. It's literally this one signing, this mm, one player. I want to dance, but Diaby has made. All. I want to get the freak on with Diaby. Thanks for I sharing. Think that's I'm how it goes. <laughs> your husband's in the room. Thank you. Um, he's made all the difference. And if it wasn't for Madison, I would put him number one with a bullet. The most influential signing of this season for a singular team. We. What makes it more impressive? Is Yuri Tillemans is sitting on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> Yuri Tillemans isn't even yeah. getting he's in. Like, wow. He's trying to get. Sorry, Siri, I think, thought I was talking to her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gary Tillemans, go into the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I got his full Wikipedia up now all of a sudden. Uh, (laughs) 
Uh, no, so but Yuri Tillemans obviously is who you thought somebody being besides James Madison probably Leicester's best player last season, right? Over the last few seasons, mm-hmm. uh, obviously he scored the goal that won Leicester the FA Cup. Remember, um, I expected him to walk straight in this team. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I didn't think there was going to be any question that Yuri Tillemans was going to be the nailed on starter. He can't and this get what is he nineteen? Yeah. Diaby, yeah. Th- this kid comes in and just takes this relatively mm-hmm. seasoned international player. And he can't get a sniff in the first team. Yeah, no. Yeah, and even when he comes in, the he's kid's not been excellent. He's always impact. got a smile on his face as well. Um, yeah. Nope. It- yeah, again, just just a nice professional win. There's really not much more to say about mm-hmm. it other than that. And I and wanna bleep with the hobby. <laughs> there's the only thing that I think that um that Luton has to be has to look out for now is like you were saying earlier, Sam, it's like be, be better than Burnley, be better than Bournemouth, be better than Sheffield. Can they be? I don't think they can be, because you can't play Everton every week. <laughs> right. Um, I also do want to say, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> if um, uh, you do want to teach Kansa something, you should probably teach him how to give some head, because he came on a little strong there, a little teethy, and uh, and beat Emmy. Yeah, yeah. A little, a little teethy. What an own goal that was. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> Emmy was pissed. My fucking clean because it sheet, ends up mate. being on him. Yeah. Don't you know? I just want a trophy, mate. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so everybody, um, um, the Fulham kits, uh, that's a choice. All right. I'm coming back on. So, I, I think they yeah. highlighted that they need a uh, striker. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Running around the field going, hi, Barbie. Yeah, my God. I, it's just the fact that it's, it, they decided to go the hot pink highlighter for the full kit. Normally you like, you know, contrast it, throw some dark shorts there, you know, to kind of, break it up a little no just just uh that was a choice but all that being said they went toe-to-toe with brighton they were even on possession they were even on shots like they they didn't back down from brighton that's for damn sure no they didn't um but that's the only chance they really have because they can't score goals properly yeah yeah um, so they have to play these teams tough they have to hurry them they have to rush them they have to make them feel uncomfortable and get them off their stride because I really do think Brighton could have had three, four goals in this game if it wasn't for some of those tackles in the middle of the field, if it wasn't for, yeah, just a little tug on the shoulder, not enough for a, a foul, but enough to put the player off, you know? Yeah. Very fair. Because they're um, not going to score enough goals to win a 4-3 game. Yeah, this is... You know, all of this is going to be 1-1s, 1-0s, 2-1s at the most. This is also one of those for, for Brighton now that they have to play, you know, Europe and this, you're starting to kind of see the the team is still very talented, but they're probably not deep enough to make a run in both. You can start to tell. Yeah, but also uh, besides that, um, the emotion of the week. I mean, those players gave everything they had on Thursday to get their first ever win in Europe. Yeah. Beating Ajax. So we're coming back around to the weekend is like, do they have the energy? Yeah. And they, they, they you know, clearly not even didn't. just a squad rotation of being normal tired. I'm saying it, it took everything that they had to get over the line of that game on Thursday. Yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, finally finishing up with uh, Liverpool and Forest. Uh, the Reds completely cruise. 
Um, it feels like for me, um, Forest was just happy to be done with it, much like when they played City. It was just the, okay, we're playing in their building. We're probably going to lose this game. Let's just get out of here with no injuries and no red cards. Uh, very touching Jota's goal that he immediately per- pulled out the Luis Diaz jersey for uh, Diaz's uh, family who has been kidnapped in his home country and uh, they have already found his mom I believe she's already been recovered to my understanding Sam looks like you're trying to look up the story as we speak no 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 I saw it Uh, the mother has definitely been recovered this morning I saw a report from the Daily Mail that said the father was recovered a few hours later after a brief shootout leaving two of the abductors dead okay the problem is, is the Daily Mail was the only one that reported it, and it was only 40 minutes after the Wall Street Journal article that I saw. Ah, well, and the, the So, the and Daily it's the Daily Mail. Mail. The Daily Mail, a reputable source. Re- remember. So who knows? <laughs> I hope the situation is resolved. I hope everything's okay. Um, but I And I haven't looked again, honestly. Like I said, I've been kind of in a drug-induced coma all day. Yeah, well, remember, Sam, the Daily Mail reporting we're getting a 12-point deduction for uh, – turning ourselves in to the FA and working hand in hand with them while we went through what could be a financial fair play violation ended up with only one violation that we're going to get 12 points for. So that means what, um, 1,340 points should be deducted to city then, right? Is that, is that how it should work? <laughs> you extrapolate out? it out. Yeah. I think yeah that's so right. they should be moved completely out of professional football in one season. Is that how it works? They get relegated four <laughs> times and then the national you're done. league? Just fold it. Yeah. yeah the club is forced to shut down. Yeah. You just, I, I figured that, 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 that seems reasonable. Right. And, and don't remember the daily also said that, uh, uh, Burnley and Lester are going to, uh, sue us. Uh, when you cannot, in fact, a club cannot sue another club, you would have to sue the league. But, you know, anyways, the Daily Mail, very reputable news source. They always, oh, yeah, they, for sure. They always get it fucking right. They said we were going to stop drinking. Sure money. Well, it's not so sure again. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Likewise, uh, I am now down to 453 after I got screwed again on something that should have happened. Mm-hmm. But whatever. What do you got going on there, big boy? Well, we know Pat lost his because of fucking Chelsea. I uh, I missed on mine, unfortunately. I do would be good if I had my sheet in front of me. You know, be prepared as a host. But uh, Newcastle couldn't hold on, nor did my bet hold on. But I am still up 363 dollars. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. And only you watching live knew that that happened because you won't hear it on the show. Hey, but the way that it happened was great. Yeah. Did you know, Sam, that 33.3% of the time, it works 100% of the time, stud. First, for my couple losers, uh, the Korean guy got me with his sweet, with his sneaky uh, wang, is what I wrote down for my... <laughs> All right. <laughs> My cup of losers. Uh, This week, I'm taking a pair of Claritin Blue winners. Give me West Ham to beat Brentford and Villa to beat Forest at plus 523. Okay. That's interesting. A little risky, a little risk-reward, but uh, not fully sold on Brentford. And I think Brentford might look past West Ham, and I think West Ham is going to be feeling hard done that they lost to Everton. I think this just rubs me as the kind of game West Ham goes and wins. Okay, fair enough. Yep. 
Good, well, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. I figured it's a little later, so he's not here. Is that right? Why would she play the soundbite if he wasn't here? Hi, Pat. She always plays the soundbite. Yeah, yeah, no matter what, she plays the soundbite. I'm surprised you're awake. How you doing there, fella? It's Why the are you surprised I'm awake? The, the fucking world is on. I mean, does <laughs> this guy know, not know me? Yeah. Man, man's always going to be on for World Look Series. I even had the fucking email pulled up already. Look at that. Very well for done, Once sir. I do the fucking yeah. pre-admin, and now you're actually here. It's uh, it, hold, hold on a second. My ear, my earbuds running out. Let me uh, get my other one in. <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant! Fucking brilliant! All right, this segment's going to be a little bit longer because I got one a question, two a rant, and then three my my uh, picks of the week. I wonder what your rant's going to be about. All right. <laughs> well, number one is my question. Does anybody know why? Like, if you put a beer in the freezer, right, and you put it back, like, a little bit longer, and, like, it comes out liquid, but then it turns to, like, ice crystals, why the fuck does that happen? Like, it comes out, li it's liquid when it comes out, then it hits, like, a warm glass, and it turns to ice. Now, I know you all aren't, like, science majors, but has anybody ever had that problem before? Um, I think that's an excellent question, and this is why when people, you know, say, hey, why you have Pat on the show? Because of shit like this, because he's fucking gold. <laughs> um, it might have something to do with the extreme cold of the beer and the heat of the glass, perhaps. I just, Nicole is right now answering this question out loud. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We do Dr. have an- Dr. Cole. We, we have an actual fucking scientist who's a friend of this show. Yeah, but isn't she a political scientist? No, real no, no. scientist. No, 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 no. <laughs> that is Doctor nice. Cole. Yeah, she she changed to uh, working in politics. She came from science. Because it frustrates me, the a motherfucker. Like I put a, a beer in the freezer, thing is going to come out the perfect temperature, and I think it is. It's coming out liquid. It's coming out liquid, and all of a sudden, I get a freaking ice or a glass full of ice. Why the fuck? I mean, this kind of sounds like the rant, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, this ain't the rant, brother. <laughs> well, then give us the rant. Involves a team from uh, West London that wears blue, right? No, no, no. That's not the rant at all. Mm -hmm. It's these ballparks that allow these fans to sit underneath, um, you know, underneath behind the freaking catcher where it's like all about them. So all I have to look at all freaking game long is like two guys in a muscle man shirt and another guy in a random Iowa Hawkeye shirt <laughs> just making the whole game about themselves. Like, it doesn't affect the pitcher. I get it. But it's affecting me watching, viewing a freaking World Series game. I got to look at these two guys in muscle man shirts and this guy in the Iowa Hawkeye shirt making the freaking World Series all about them. You know, they're just making it all about them. Every single pitch, they're just waving to the camera. So waving to the camera. Like, dude, sit the fuck down and enjoy the game. You've known Pat a lot longer than I have. Uh -huh. But I've known Pat for a little bit, and all I hear right now is I'm jealous that I'm not at the World Series sitting behind home plate. It's all about myself. I would sit there like a, a gentleman and watch the game. They're not watching the game. They're just making it about themselves. Why is he making fun of John Benson like that? <laughs> okay, see, now I would have gone in a completely different direction, and I just figured it was Taylor because his team's finally in a World Series 
and they might actually win. No, no after what happened in TCU, Man of Mystery. If, if, if anyone would be there, it'd be the Man of Mystery. Yeah. Well, they're, they're up three nothing right his now. Team like that, Sam. A herd. <laughs> what happened to TCU? Well, I'm, I'm wearing my Nolan Ryan shirt right now and my brand new Texas uh, tea hat too. So. Well, good. So and instead of you making this segment party. all about yourself, how about you just give us your bet there, Chieftain? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me let me change my earbud again. <laughs> 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 all right. I hope you feel better, but I didn't, Thanks, I didn't realize you had COVID. <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm only down 100 so far on the season. Feels like I've lost a lot more than that, or maybe that's just my own life. Uh, so, <laughs> so this week I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a bit. Uh, I'm gonna take a hundred dollar same game parlay on Arsenal over Newcastle and the under two and a half goals on a hundred that pays four hundred, and I'll put a hundred on Wolver, uh, Wolverhampton over Sheffield United even money, and I'll take a rare. Monday match, Tottenham over Chelsea, 100 wins, 115. feel like maybe uh, I'll get one right, so I'll be either be down 200 next week or up 100 if I hit the parlay. Okay. Only future hotel. Have right. a great those ween, and I'll talk to you. I'm just reading my email now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now keep going. Next week I have a money call. I don't know if I'll be talking to you next Monday. No, we didn't hang up on you. We were leaving, <laughs> just hanging you out to dry this time, buddy. He's so all paranoid. Right. All right, bro. We appreciate it. Well, good luck with all that. <laughs> all right. Oh, I already hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. I'm going to take the most conservative bet that we've ever seen on the show. Okay. But I'm going to spice it up a little bit. City to beat Bournemouth for a million quid. For a million quid. Only win me $100,000. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm just kidding. <sighs> Joke. That's like, a joke. Come on, man. Uh, just kidding. What I am <laughs> going to do, though, is mix it up. I'm not going to pick winners anymore because – well, not anyway. I can't say anymore, but – I am going to say, though, that it often doesn't come out because of one fucking game, right? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bet goal totals because we seem to have a pretty good grasp on where games are going to finish. Okay, fair enough. Like that. So here's what I'm going to do. City and Bournemouth. Three and a half goals. Doesn't matter who wins. Okay. Just four goals or more in a game. Four goals. Got it. Everton Brighton over one and a half. I think that's a good call. Fulham United uh, under three and a half. Okay. Fulham can't score. <clears throat> United won't score. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Newcastle Arsenal under three and a half. Okay. Forest and Villa over two and a half. Okay. So no winners. Doesn't matter what the results are. I'm not screwing anybody by jinxing them. You know, it could be 4 0 to City, it could be 4 0 to Bournemouth. I still win. Right. Arsenal, Newcastle. You could argue that's a toss-up 2-1 either way. Right. It's under three and a half, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. I win. What's the name of this game? Love it. I win. I win. Very good. Now, what what does it pay out? 
Oh, I should probably should tell you that. Plus five five two. Wow, that's quite a bit of money. Yep. The one really Very that nice. makes me well, most nervous is Everton. Brighton. Oh, I think we just lost him. He got locked out. Well, that's a good segment to go to uh, one of our other famous poultry pickers. Well, Kitty has now hit four in a row, and so she is at six and three. So this week, I gave Kitty Sheffield hosting Wolverhampton. Now, Kitty started chirping this melody to uh, a whole lot of love by Zed Led Zeppelin. Well, it took me a moment to figure out the tune. I knew right away that Robert Plant is a huge Wolf supporter, so Kitty is obviously picking Wolverhampton over Dublin's. Very good. And please remember to gamble legally and responsibly. All right. Well, we uh, are still looking at a frozen gram on the screen, which uh, I'm going to go ahead because I want to go ahead and get this uh, this episode done, and we'll try to see if we can pull them up for the next one. Uh, Parting words, uh, let it be said, the Spanish FA president who had been uh, relieved of duty. Graham says, everything disappeared, and I can't see (laughs) y'all. Good. Well, he'll come back in. But allow it to be said that FIFA has finally done the right thing. He has been suspended from any football activities at all for three years. Oh, Spanish guy. Uh Uh-huh. The Spanish FA president has been... His name does not need to be said. uh, He's... Obviously, he was already fired from his position, but uh, the Spanish FA just said, hey, one little extra bit. Fuck you. You're not even allowed to have anything to do with football. You can't even Mm -hmm. go do some shit with San Marino. You're not allowed to do a fucking thing. You're out. So, uh, Mr. Graham, we got you back. You heard that story? I heard the very tail end of that. So, he, um, Rubiales was banned for three years. Banned for three years by FIFA. Completely thrown out. He is not allowed to have anything to do with football. Awesome. Good. Yeah. It's what he fucking deserves, right? Yeah. He probably should have gotten more than that, honestly. Yeah. Uh. Now, uh, do you have any uh, parting words then yes. as well since we got uh, you actually, back? Actually, I do. Speaking of um, people with questionable moral uh, value, apparently in January, I also this also brings up a morality question about the ownership of Newcastle United. Uh, but apparently Ruben Neves says he's due up for a loan move to Newcastle in January after the suspension for 10 months of um, Tanali. Tonali? the gambling. Really? So I'm not sure which team that Ruben Neves plays for in Saudi, but being Saudi-owned, potentially the same owners, and after ditching Wolves in the manner in which he did, I wonder if this was all, the entire time the Saudis uh, plan, if you will, to kind of circumvent financial fair play. Nope. Well, uh, Mr. Graham, I'm not sure if you know, but right now, um, every every third word you do goes, it's like, as you're talking. It's as if there's a ghost. Yeah. It's Halloween episode, so. Uh, yes, it is the Halloween episode. We are working with, uh, uh, in, in, uh, oh, Halloween spooks. <laughs> very good. All right, that's it. We're done. That's I weird. would very much like to wonder as well, Mr. Graham, what the fuck is going on with that. 
Um, thank you for joining us, boys and girls. Next up is Injury Time, where we're going to talk about our fantasy leagues, the beers we've been drinking, and, of course, preview the weekend's action. Should somebody want to find Injury Time, Mr. Graham, how they go about doing that again? Obviously, it's patreon.com forward slash football show. Just make sure you sign up to one of those uh, only $5. Let's doing it again. Just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one five dollar tier. Sign up patreon.com and just get it done. It's our members glue this all together later. It's fine. Don't worry about it. This has been a fucking nightmare. And uh, and then we're gonna go ahead and do the lovely uh, EFL show as well, where as we've already spoiled it, uh, somebody finally won, and also Sam, somebody still hasn't lost. That's right. And uh, for more of this yeah. whole fart sound, just go ahead and tune into that show too. Excellent. All right. Till next week, everybody. What the fuck is that? <laughs>